Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Believe in yourself, believe in your body Rock, 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 it's the self-esteem party Everyone, welcome to the Self-Esteem Party Podcast. I'm your host, Alana Johnston, and with me is no one. That's right. My sister, Allison Johnston, was visiting me and supposed to be the guest host. She ditched me. My husband, Norm, was supposed to join me in helping me intro this podcast. He left the house without a word. So here's what I'm wondering. Am I the problem? Obviously not. Why? Because this old self-esteem is a 10 out of 10 and nothing you haters can do can knock me down. That's right. My advice for the haters, get on board. Look at me. I've got new pants. That's right. I've got a beautiful new floral denim outfit. I've been wearing it absolutely everywhere. Hence why I'm off the charts. I'm not going to stop wearing it and I'm not going to get a new outfit. I deserve happiness. Okay. Who thinks we should get to the episode? Now, this one was a blast. We were set up by the Sonar Network. We will get into it, but I'm very excited for you to check out this week's guest, Cynthia Kiss, right after this break. It's a self-esteem party. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's a self-esteem party. Cynthia, welcome to the Self-Esteem Party Podcast. How are you? Alana, thank you for having me. I am so honored to be here. I am so excited to see what this will entail. Um, I'm an open book, so let's read me. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) You're already my best guest. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Uh, no, I'm very excited to meet you. We were set up by Sonar that I like to call the NAR, just for fun. Ooh, I like that. Isn't it fun? It's edgy. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? I love it. I think it's a little aggressive. Yeah, the NAR. <laughs> I've been going, because we just joined the network, which is so exciting. Yes. I've been calling everyone my Sonar sisters, but I like the I like oh. the NAR. <laughs> I'm, you know what? You can call me a Sonar sister, but I'm calling us the NAR. Hey, Because we got to keep it hardcore on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> about self-esteem. Yes. Yes, we do. Yes. If there's any topic that needs to be hardcore, it's self-esteem. It's self-esteem. So speaking of, we like to start this podcast with a self-esteem party check-in in in terms of how you're feeling about yourself today, recently, in whatever amount of time, whatever the journey is, on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you say you're at self-esteem-wise? Ooh, I think I'm at like a a crisp 7.5. Crispy indeed. Okay, so you got. So I think seven point five is a good number. Me too. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that's like things are. It's not. It's it's more than okay. Things are going well, if not a little bit great. But maybe there's a couple things that still need to be done. Yes. A few things we're working on or looking in at. Absolutely. You know, a room to grow. Yes. Oh no, for yes. sure. I think for me right now to dive in, it's like and stop me if I blab if I bla- ramble blab, but I um. You know when your body is kind of like not um, like I got a little sick recently, so it's like my mind is one place, but then my body can't like keep up with it, and so then then mm-hmm. sometimes can interfere with like self evaluation. I was like, I want to give you a ten out of ten, but I'm like, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Yeah, no, you're completely right. I talked about how much the, our physical bodies or environmental factors around us affect our self esteem. Like for example, 
it was raining here for like a month straight and I was like, I am depressed yes. and that makes me feel like a terrible person and all of this is because it's wet outside. I <laughs> so know. It's like, so it's like, but your body reacts to things. Yes. So it's like being sick. It's if when you feel sluggish, you feel slow. When you feel slow, you don't feel like yourself. When you yep. don't feel like yourself, you start questioning who am I? Totally. And now you don't have the energy to answer that. Right. No, I got it. I got it for you. I can bottle it up for the pod. You know, sonar, <laughs> we need it. We need sonar it. sisters stick together. But I literally looked at the forecast yesterday and noticed Mm -hmm. that it was this afternoon of no rain so I quickly went to a park and like had an hour outside because I was like it's not sunny but at least it's not like torrential downpour and so I have to get outside as much as possible and it had been a minute it's listen I don't blame you my sister lives in Toronto she's coming to visit she comes here tomorrow she's so excited because it is so beautiful here yes the best break yes I can offer I might I invite you to my home I'd love to have you because you're in (laughs) Vancouver you're in Vancouver right no, I'm in LA. Oh, you're in LA. I, that's why I'm on Pacific Ugh. time. Yes. Girl. But I'm from Toronto. Oh my God. So that's the connection. That's the minor connection. I'm going to the Palm Springs in a few weeks. It's like my little like getaway with my partner. We want to do nothing Whoa. for like a week. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Do nothing. I couldn't agree. I think, you know, the new year had a bit of a slow start. Um, for I think for a lot of people, maybe, I don't know for you, but for a lot of people, I felt like it had a bit of a slow start. And I'm like, now's the time to like self-care yourself into success. Mine was crazy. Take, take care. My new really? year. It's 2023. I actually, so I did a gig. And so sometimes when okay. I work, my concept of time is different. And so I rung in the new year and then I went off and did a DragCon UK in London so I was in London as of like the 2nd or 3rd of January. So Whoa. I was like right away jet lagged doing this other thing. It was a really exciting, amazing thing. Um, so the front end of 2023 started out so strong that I'm like, I just need like a little uh, a little week by a pool or something. So you're a little more relaxed. okay. That's so yeah. okay. Because it was wild. First of all, good on you. Good on you for scheduling a break. Need to. Because that sounds like a whirlwind yeah. of a new year. No, absolutely. And the new year's already overwhelming. Oh my God, completely. And like, you let me know if, I, if I'm rambling too much about like, if there's Not topics you want to talk about, because for my partner and I, it's been like a whirlwind, like year and change. Because basically, okay. since the show came out, I was on the second season of Canada's Drag Race. Since the airing of that, it's been like a complete, kind of like a tectonic shift in my life. Like, it's been mm-hmm. epic. And then, you know, there's also spillover in your loved ones realities now so my partner mm-hmm. he's like my rock and he's been so great we've moved like three times in since the wow. show it's just been like endless because we're always just like evolving with our situation so this trip is like my huge we did it let's take a knee like let's just like get some some rest some r&r so we're really yeah. we're really looking forward to it oh my god i okay let, this is the topic i want to cover let's talk about what you do yes absolutely <laughs> tell me tell us everything and then i want to hear about how your job affects how you feel because you know if it does for comedians i don't see why i wouldn't for you too (laughs) you know what i mean so it's like tell me everything cool so i consider myself a drag entertainer a drag artist a drag queen i love making people laugh i love working on cool projects with incredible talented people i just love surrounding myself with creativity and drag gets to be my female gender expression. I get to channel the comedic greats of like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph, and then shake that up in a cocktail with like fashion and other pop culture references. That really is Cynthia Mm -hmm. Kiss. I love electronic dance music. That's where my name comes from. It's spelt with an S, Cynthia with an S, because I love like synthesizer, electro pop music. And so all that kind of combined, it's like, the amalgamation of the first 30 years of my life, I then get to kind of turn it into this drag persona and Mm -hmm. travel Canada and now kind of outside of Canada, the world. Like I was just in Europe and we're going back soon. So it's been, it's been epic since going on uh, Drag Race Canada. The opportunities are just like, it's, it's tenfold. It's really, it's really exciting, but it also comes with new terrain. There's times where I'm like, holy smokes, holy guacamole, (laughs) you know, like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, so my, so it's a two part question. I love it. Um, one, what was it before the show? So for me, what was the experience? The show, like drag 
in my life before the show was like I had a weekly I had a weekly show um, downtown on Davy Street in Vancouver with my gal pals, the Brat Pack. We actually all got cast on the show at the same time. So the Brat Pack is a collective I've been part of for like five years. It's so crazy that we all got on the show at the same time. And we have music out together, stream our song Shine. It's on Spotify, it's on Apple Music, wherever you get music, listen to Shine. Shine! <laughs> and yes! then, And then literally, um, yeah, like, it was more modest, right? Like I had a, I had a full-time job. I worked in like corporate fashion design. So I've done, okay. I've done menswear and womenswear design for like kind of clothes you'd buy at like malls. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know exactly what you, you know, mean. Yeah. Like it, it's uh, kind of like your H&Ms, your Uniqlo's, that kind of tier of fashion. But it's hustle, yeah. right? Like to, to do that kind of corporate job. I balanced my drag part time. And then now it's it's the full shebang. I'm like, Cynthia is my, my everything. It keeps my keeps the lights on, keeps everything going. So I'm like a full drag queen since the show. So my part two of the question of asking what it was before, uh, what are some dialogues or narratives that changed in your head from before the show to after the show? Like an example would be if before the show you're thinking I'm nothing and then after the show you're like, I'm something. Yeah. <laughs> what would be, whether and whether positive or negative. Do you know It's like whatever way. You know what, one that kind of, it clicked the other day, I was like, this is all I've ever wanted to come true. And then it comes true. And then you're kind of, it's euphoric. And then you're left kind of raw. And it's almost like, it sounds insane, but it's also like, what's next? Like you, I, there's been pockets of um, kind of, uh, I've lost my like North Star because I got to achieve it. So it's an incredible... Um, kind of level up of sorts where I've always wanted, I always wanted to be on Drag Race and then it happens and then you're like, oh shit, like, where do I, where do I go from here? Like, what, what is next? Oh my God. So there's been this, yeah. I don't even know quite the words to describe it, but can almost sometimes feel like there's, there now needs to be a new, a new kind of like thing to click in and be the, the North Star, the goal. And music yeah. has been a huge part of that. Like making music has been incredible. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of understanding that goals can shift, things can can change, and it's nothing is permanent. And so it's just kind of empowering, but it can be scary too. Now I'm like, what am yeah. I doing? <laughs> oh my god, it's so scary! Like the goals of mine I've achieved, or yeah. at least come really close to. Or, yeah, you know what I mean. It's um, it's really scary because you go, I thought it was going to be this, and it was all these things, mm -hmm. but, and I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but there's like a little bit of emptiness or like kind of mourning totally. the thank loss you for of saying, that dream. Thank you for saying empty. I thought was probably yeah. the word I was dancing around because it sounds extreme, but there is, an, yeah. there is a degree of emptiness when it's almost like, okay, this happened. It was successful. It was awesome. But now like, what is next? What is that thing I then think about as the like long-term yeah. goal? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think sometimes, because it can change, we... Um, can be cerebral about mm -hmm. it and think our way through to a new goal or something just presents itself to you and you're like I would have never even thought yes to, like you know for me maybe more writing jobs and I'm like I'd have never thought of myself as a writer if you told me this however many years ago yeah. I wouldn't have even been like one day I want to write mm -hmm. and then now you're like oh my god I love it yeah. and I still of course I, like I prominently perform but that's just like a bonus type of thing now do you in this next phase of your life and mm -hmm. kind of navigating your way through, are you very open to saying yes to things that maybe you hadn't thought of? Oh my goodness, absolutely. I think my whole life, I've always believed in like opportunity presenting itself and saying no sometimes within a respect of boundaries. But for the mm -hmm. most part, being really game to like try things out, work with different people, work with different mediums, different wearing different hats if you will like today I'm yeah. more of like you know I, I run my podcast and then I also am recording music and then you know it'd be cool to get into like VO work like I think in this economy <laughs> yes <laughs> that's in, what this podcast is about yeah, Cynthia, yeah the no. economy <laughs> well you know what I mean like there's I there's do. protection in um having many skills and making yourself integratable into many different yeah. situations so that's why I I see it as um, both philosophical, but then also practical, where I'm like, 
Yeah. I don't know. It's very stimulating to try different things. It can be super scary. Sometimes I'm like, my God, can't I just have like a boring nine to five job? But yeah, that's too simple. No, no shade too to those simple. that do that. But yeah. Too, 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 um, predictable for me because I, I understand the struggle of wanting stability, mm-hmm. but repetition for me, like I'm already on repeat with enough things in my life. I'm like, if you're telling me 40 hours a week is like yeah. guaranteed repetition for me, I'm like, I, I yeah, <laughs> I grumble. <laughs> I've only ever yeah. had part time. Like I've never, yeah. I, you know what I mean? I'm like, I've had a really hard time, like the office jobs I've had and stuff like that under a year. Yeah. Could, could, you know what I mean? Couldn't hack it. Well, I did it. The, 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 that's the thing. I, my, my corporate design life was very yeah. nine to five. And there was a point there where, yeah, I kind of was sitting at my desk, you know, thinking like, is this, is this where I see myself? You kind of think forward facing and it's, it's so cool that drag ended up being something a little more stable during COVID. Yeah. Like I was let go during uh, COVID-19 and I was kind of left floating a little bit. And it, it was kind of poetic that my drag ultimately was there for me. Whereas like what I thought this cushy corporate job was going to be the thing that bubble wrapped my life. But instead it was the thing I built myself. I built with my friends. Yeah. I built with my community. And that actually ended up being the way I could like live my life. Like I also have my partner who I love and he's, he's been there for me and obviously support from the government. But drag got me back on track. Like I, I feel very fortunate to listen to that and lean into that. Well, I think um, it's one of those things that you're like, you do something with your friends and you do it because it's fun, it's exciting, and you're just having fun for shits and giggles. And then that ends up being the thing you get paid for because you're willing to put the most amount of you into it because it's so much fun. Absolutely. So when you're working hard, it just might not feel like it. And, And we're also working because I don't know what your situation was, but like, uh, I'm doing comedy easily a decade, not making a cent. Like, yeah. I'm, <laughs> like you know right? what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I literally put it like an intern. Mm-hmm. I, I put in my time. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, completely. So you're like, yeah, so did all my friends. We were doing this shit. All the greats that you see, because like in doing drag, like you said already, uh, lots of comedy in that. You yes. said Amy Poehler, oh, totally. like you said, Love. perfect references. Love. <sighs> tons of comedy i don't i don't know if you're an amy sedaris fan but i imagine 100 percent. so so strangers with candy yes so over the top such good show i also love the new show she started where she does more like home crafts and her book yes um yeah that came out came out a while ago but and then yeah she had that show it's kind of like she has this whole other like skill of that's like very cult following and now has gotten like bigger but she yeah. just does it because she likes it and so like, that's just so like, how, I'm crafty how appropriate to bring up because it's it's what you're talking about it's the things that just stay genuine to you that can ultimately yeah. bring quote unquote success right yeah yeah exactly and it's like it, I'm not saying it's all fun and games the whole time work is to work this, so yes. even if you have friends at work say at your old job that you mm-hmm. used to have you know a job is like still a job but you're like any amount of like personal joy I can get in this is like for the win you're like yes I will hang on to this for the life of Mm -hmm. me (laughs) and it's funny because at one point it's almost like a double-edged sword because when the hobby becomes the full time again it's that emptiness it's like oh this used to be the thing I would do just purely for joy and when you do tack on like a kind of job responsibilities every once in a while that Mm. can get in the way of your gratitude so I love us talking about it full picture because we'll be on the road I'm with my queens and I'm like um gratitude check if we have like a really cool like vista or lookout or like we're at somewhere cool doing something neat it's like let's just like soak it in you know take it in soak it up it's cool what we get to do and so being very grateful of that I'm big on gratitude lists in in daily journaling and so I don't always remember to do it but for the most part I do sometimes it'll be just three things that like the only things I can think of that morning or whatever Mm -hmm. but I'm like you really do need to take a second to stop because otherwise because the times that I don't I just pity myself because I think I have nothing Mm -hmm. I tell myself a story yes I don't stop and go, wait a second, Alana, you have a car. You could go anywhere you wanted right now. You could go to the beach. You could go to a mountain. 
because you have some rinky dink car in your driveway and i'm like oh yeah that's like i have freedom yes <laughs> like, i was epic. like that's huge mm-hmm. huge to be grateful for the smallest little thing right totally T- turns your day around what would you say something obviously you were grateful to be on the show yeah a dream come true mm-hmm. yes absolutely but what is something you're grateful for now since on a personal note mm-hmm. um of like maybe how something you've learned or something like that 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 you got from that experience i think one of the things about going on reality tv is you see a side of yourself that has always been there but you don't know it they say if you were to see yourself walk past you you wouldn't even recognize that person because we're not trained to see the mirror image which is technically the true image of ourselves like our reflection And so going on the show, I saw some of my blind spots. I saw some of the the skills in my life I can keep developing. Some of the areas that the camera, the experience captured. When you put yourself, you kind of you sacrifice yourself to the public, um, to this medium, this forum of the show. It it taught me um, some of my weaknesses, but also some of my strengths. And mm-hmm. things that I kind of was modest about in the past and would maybe second guess or have a narrative that like, oh, that's not you. You don't do that. Or, oh, that's not really your thing. Um, right. Sometimes you kind of stick your neck up and you're like, wait, no, maybe I can do that. Maybe I am capable of that. So the show was like a, a really radical um, kind of experiment experience of getting to know myself a little bit better. And then also deciding what was like the edit of a television show and what narratives do I want to own and just kind of like move forward with because it's just a show at the end of the day like it is just a you know like a 10 episode reality competition it kind of gets there's so much um television out there that it can you know it dissipates it feels intense at the time but now I feel like I'm in a place where I can just choose um what I learned from that experience humbling and also like where I want to like you know, flex. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I was good at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think um, I've done some, not a show like this, mm-hmm. uh, but I've done like some hosting of some reality mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, it is, <laughs> I, when I'm doing it, I can, I see myself in such a way, right? I'm yeah. like, and then when I see it, I'm like, is this what I look like and sound like to everybody? Right? <laughs> like, And it's not necessarily negative, but it's like you're saying, I just don't recognize myself. Slightly like, different. Oh, slightly different. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my face moves like that, but it feels like this. Even mm-hmm. And these are all just kind of more vain things I'm saying, but even like my energy, like seeing that on camera, I'm very energetic. You, yeah. My hands are flailing. As I, you love can see. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but <laughs> I remember the way I felt in those moments mm-hmm. and then to see that it looks so different. Yes. Um, I think it really taught me that I'm so much harsher on myself than I think I am. Yeah. Like, I watched it and I was like, this is fine. All mm-hmm. of this is fine. Totally. Going, Who is this monster? You know what I mean? But I remember at the time coming home after work and what I, you know what I mean? It's not good enough. It's not funny enough. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you have the same thing. You hold yourself to an impossible standard. It's how you achieve the, what feels like impossible at times. It's true. You yeah. got to raise that bar. You have to. Totally. But to what end? I know, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to at what, what end? Point, yeah. At what point do we, like you said earlier, boundary? Yeah. You know what I mean? No, totally. Yeah. I think that's where I like kind of referencing the the point in time. It's almost like a year and change ago. Like at this point, it just starts to become like a, a distant memory. And then I have yeah. my like cliff notes of what I want to take with it. It's not something I... I lie in bed with. I have other yeah. childhood traumas to take up that space. <laughs> We're busy. <laughs> I am filled crowded to the in brain. there. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's nice and crowded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's an all ages club and everybody's yeah. looking to get yeah. out tonight. <laughs> Sorry, 2021 trauma. We've got something in the 90s just playing on loop. Sorry about it. I am so booked up right now. Yeah. It's not even funny. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I know exactly. Like, it has come up on this podcast so many times. People, uh, something that affects their self-esteem is being worried about, like, what other people think. And oh, yeah. I, I reassure people, 
yes, sometimes people are going to think thoughts about you, but for a fleeting moment, because I was like, we are so up our own butts about our shit, literally, that I'm like, there's no room for you in my life. Completely. Literally, there's no room for the things I um, am judging about you. No, totally. It's the main character syndrome that we all are privy and guilty of where it's like mm-hmm. how are we gonna think about anyone else when we're thinking about the main character syndrome at the yeah. same time? it takes up too much space <laughs> i'm sitting here writing a daily sitcom i'm exhausted yes exactly <laughs> and i'm all the characters i'm the neighbor yeah. i'm the sister <laughs> yeah no totally I'm the sister. my body yeah my my uh, pilot is just about uh, two sisters and their neighbor and everyone's like cool show guys i would <laughs> watch it. it no i would watch it <laughs> I'm here for that. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's like, does the neighbor like one of us? Do we both like the neighbor? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Is it friends yeah. more than with the other? Is there a feud? What's the childhood dynamic between the siblings? I love sibling oh, dynamics. That's, I love siblings. Oh, my God. It's one of I'm my so, first questions. I am so... <laughs> well, how, okay, do you have siblings? If so, how many? Of course. So I have two biological siblings. That makes me the middle. And then I have two stepsisters. So in total, we're five. And then me and my stepsister Vanessa still sit in the middle. So we have like double middle child children syndrome where we're just like, oh, look at me at like all times. Uh, <laughs> I'm a middle child, hey. a double middle child yes. as well. There's four of us. I'm a double. Right? I'm- <laughs> See? And boy, does it show. Yes. It really, stuff like that. It's why we have know, podcasts. <laughs> It's why we have podcasts. Oh my God, of course. It's why my brother's a responsible one. It's my yep. why my little sister's the aloof one. It's why my middle sister and I, that are the um, middle kids together, yeah, you hold struggle it together. the most. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, listen, we'll sort this. We'll, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm friends with you. Then I'll be friends with you and we'll spread it around. Totally. I think it's why I do yoga. I need to be, I'm so flexible. I'm like, I do yoga. I, I, I kind of, I always balance between being flexible and people pleasing. That's one of the things I've also learned in the last little bit Mm -hmm. is kind of drawing the line in the sand where I'm like, Ooh, okay. I think I have been a little too bendy here. I need to, I need to, you know, do put my line in the sand because sometimes working in a group, you want to make sure it's, you know, the couple cooks in the kitchen not every chef can put in all the ingredients, so it'll taste weird. You know, you, you take your times to input. and But then the odd time where I'm like, I really should have said something. That was like a really bad call. It's like, and that can be a boundary. That's where it's like, no, don't always worry about people pleasing. But I attribute that yeah. to one of the, the more challenging sides of being the middle child. Is it's You're very used to just like, okay, uh, recalibrate. This is the vibe for right now when I'm working with like an older sibling. Or it's like, okay. I will recalibrate, understand compromise when you have younger siblings to maybe they take priority or you have to take care of them. There's responsibility there. So, but I, in the end of the day, I feel like I'm very, I can talk to anyone. I can, I like to see it as a superpower and and not get too bogged down about it, but it's, there's two sides to every coin, right? You got to be a chameleon Yeah. because you have, you're trying to give everybody what they need in that moment. As the wigs, the wigs behind, you want to talk chameleon. I think I have that wig just right here. It's my little shaggy cut right there. I should have worn it today. Should have worn it. Yeah, Should have worn it. Should have done it. it. Oh my god! Thank God this isn't video. You're so lucky. I'm telling you, I'm babysitting a pimple. I don't know where it came from. I would never do. It's one of those. It's one of those. It's one of those deep, deep pimples where it doesn't have like a. I can't squeeze it, and I'm the type I like to pop my. I like to pop my zits. I love to pick at my face. I used to have really bad. I think because my hormones changed in my thirties. Mm-hmm. I'm still in my thirties, but early. 30s. I was gonna say I was like, are you not in your thirties anymore? Oh like, my you god, you look incredible. I'm fifty-two. <laughs> I'm listen. I'll be forty soon enough. So cool. wow, these bangs wow. are working wonders. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but the hormone shift, did your skin react? Yeah, so hormone shift, so my skin reacts. Very common. It's kind of like almost a beard of acne that's like so deep under the skin, there's no whitehead and there never will be. Yeah. And it just puffs up and goes down and they're hard and they hurt. Yes. And your face hurts. Yeah. And it's like, so I had that. I was in a really, oh, listen to this. You're, you're going to love to hate this story. I was dating someone at the time. He was very vain. Okay. And... I remember he offered me money to get laser treatment for my face. Unprompted. Oh my goodness. Only like, in LA. I wasn't like, only in LA. Only in LA. I wasn't like, oh, I want to get this done, but I'm 
broke and whatever. He was like, well, have you ever thought about this? I'll pay for it. And I was like, I don't have as big of a problem with this as you do. What do you know it? Oh my goodness. Exactly. We break up. I change my skin products to like more, less harsh things, coconut oil, like, you know, really tone it down. Face clears up. He was the problem. It was the stress. He was the problem. I swear it. Mm -hmm. Offering me money to fix my face when I was like, I never said it was a problem. I, you know, it would be like, you know how it is. If you're going to be on camera or whatever, there's makeup artists, you can put makeup on. You can cover shit up. You can make it work. That's everybody. This is somebody's entire job and career. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's something so... So I was like, I'm not sweating it. It's the messaging behind. It's like, it's generous in a really backhanded way where it's like all of a sudden really? they're giving you a complex I well I'm glad yeah. you're you're out of that situation Alana I'm so glad to be out of that you'll notice the skin now this is like much clearer don't Hell look yes. at this rosacea hey <laughs> it's blush separate. it's blush it's blush don't look at my uneven blush thank you <laughs> I was in just a rush just look at my bangs yes. yeah but just focus on my bangs thanks <laughs> Oh, I hear you about skin. It's it's a it's a tricky thing. I grew up with a very troublesome acne myself. I had to go on Accutane. Oh my god, my siblings went on that. It's deadly. It's How intense. scary for young people to be going on this. It's a lot. Yeah. It's it's yeah. pretty it's pretty intense. That's for me I don't love needles and the we had to do monthly blood work to make sure yeah. everything was staying uh good in the insides of my body I don't know I'm not a yeah, I'm not a yeah. doctor okay I just wanted I wanted to get <laughs> rid not, of my acne. this episode is over yeah, exactly. <laughs> excuse me I thought you were a drag queen doctor <laughs> I was so confused so yeah so I, I always empathize um with uh troublesome complexion it's it's now, hard it's hard to look in the mirror and toll? see that um did that take a toll on you it probably absolutely I think like um the people-pleasing complex extends very seamlessly to, like, my aesthetic and how I put myself right. into the world. Like, I used to... I modeled when I was younger, and there's there's something complex about, you know, pretty privilege and it awarding opportunity and, like, things in this world, but then you also want to... Mm. You find ways and tricks and habits to maintain that, whether it be a certain body size or, you know, clear complexion or what have you, the gamut of Mm -hmm. things you can run in your list of, you know, whiter teeth, you know, clearer skin, like certain haircuts, certain style. Like, yes, I I believe in like curating your life, but then letting it not consume you, you know? Yeah. Things being chosen from a place of like joy rather than like vanity and power, (laughs) you know? Well, it's like do what you can maintain. It's the same with weight. Completely. At a certain point, you can work out, you can do all this dieting, a million mm-hmm. and one things, but at a certain point, your body goes, this is my weight. Yes. Like I, And I don't know what that number is for anybody. Mm-hmm. It's probably not even a number. It's just like a the, the frame and the way things feel for you. Truly. It's probably like, this is just it. Yeah. Like, stop. No, exactly. <laughs> you know what? I, I feel like I've been so caught up in that. I used to be real just so unhealthy relationship with food and all this kind of stuff, you know, and I think it's very common in the industry and with entertainment and stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. Pressure. Yeah, exactly. It's that classic conundrum of like in an entertainment or sorry, in an industry such as entertainment, Mm -hmm. a lot of factors you can't control. So it's one of the factors you can control. And so they're right there. It's like a handle to hold on to and be like, well, at least I can control you know, still yeah. fitting into certain costumes or like letting that be, you're know, not another variable that quote unquote holds you back. It's all mental. Yeah. All bodies yeah. are beautiful. And my new, my new mantras as I've like dove into yoga is just an able body that I'm like, I can hold myself up. I can like do a couple tricks, you know, for shows and things. And I, I don't injure myself because my body, mm-hmm. our bodies as performers are it's so corny, but they're temples. You really have to yeah. treat them um, with respect. And that includes proper diet nutrition, not like vain diet nutrition where it's like, I'm doing this to be skinny. <laughs> it's like, exactly. no. Exactly. It's not. I, I took it too not far. About that. Yeah. 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 I took it too far. And it's interesting with um, the healthy eating, uh, just, you know, a, a lot of people struggle with weight and body image yeah. and 
body dysmorphia and everything like that. And uh, th- I'm trying to eat for the insides. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm totally. just like, I don't want to wake up with stomach ache or my throat burns yeah. or like whatever. I'm like, I just want to be like, okay, I'm awake and all is well. And then yeah. off I go with my day. No, totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like a good BM in the morning indicates now we're talking a balanced diet with some grains some fruit and veggie we're good to you go you need the grains guys you need the grains you i'm going to say grains. this right now you need the grains and if you have a gluten intolerance there's a million other ways to get grains but you need them anyone yeah. cutting them out you're going to gain the weight back and then some i'm sorry it's true i'm saying it and those bms it. and those bms you will go every day you <laughs> will go every day that's how you're going to lose your weight literally push it out of your body uh-huh Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Huge yeah. agreement. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, you find yourself now in this place in life where all these fantastic things are happening that you had dreamed of and now new things and different opportunities and stuff like that. What are some of your, amidst the madness of it all, and like you said, your new year really started off with a bang. Yeah. What would be some of your day-to-day self-care um, tips or routine like it sounds like you do yoga I really um, I'm an avid pretty stretcher. frequently I'm an avid okay, stretcher yeah I got this like inch thick mat it's like a marshmallow you can like sink into it and I just when I watch tv I'm just doing my slow like yin style stretches because I yeah. feel like it's the physical stress being kind of ringed out like a towel it's like just try not to hold on to that Daniel like let that go that's kind of that that to me is um as daily as possible and I simplify it like I just have little pillows and stuff it's just instead of sitting on the couch watching tv I feel less guilty if I'm like um stretching and now I'm addicted it feels like a massage for me the way I stretch it feels like a massage so I I stretch um and I believe in just like you know the power of cannabis but obviously being mindful of too much being too much. But I do love yes. a little bit of weed for self-care. And then, Oh my God, I love it. Um, on a daily basis, those are probably the two. And respecting my calendar. I really do set it and forget it. I like to put things in and a time and a place that I'm going to work on them and know that I don't have to think about it until it says on the calendar, time to think about it. Because doing double duty is exhausting and I could obsess all day long. So my calendar, these tools help me stay kind of... Um, you know, calm when I need to. It's like I activate that part of my brain when I need to, yeah. but otherwise I don't because it's like, oh, I'm not thinking about, you know, DragCon LA in May right now because yeah. I've put it in the list. Like I'm going to deal with that um, this afternoon, like later from now. I've never really um, heard that. I grew up kind of I grew up putting in a... it in and walking away type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. I, I had to do, I like became obsessed with to-do lists when I was growing up and my parents divorced. And I found uh-huh. myself, they did 50-50 custody, and I was constantly, like, moving around. And also, they they worked a ton, so they had to put us in tons of extracurriculars. And I just found it was the only way I could, like, manage it all, the only sense of control. Again, control. Mm-hmm. Noticing how that's popping yeah, up a few times. I know! <laughs> but in some ways, I let it work for me. You know, I... I I don't let it control all aspects of my life because it's a tool. Mm-hmm. I like to see it as a tool. Because otherwise, if I, f- if I forget it and I don't put it in the calendar, it doesn't happen. And then it becomes dramatic because it's something you forgot. This way, I just kind of stay accountable to everyone and myself. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't I'm journal. Not... I don't journal, but I do yeah. religiously calendar. And in some ways, I know it's not the same but it is in a sense that I have a check-in with myself because I ask myself, because mm-hmm. I, I do all of it, like the downtime as well. Like I put that in there because it's like, that's blocked off. That's nothing time. That's yours. And I find that helpful. Wow. Yeah. It's probably a this bit intense. but fantastic. I don't think I'm, uh, so I, I really like what you're saying because I'm doing it the other way, your old way of to-do lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, with growing up and everything like that. And I live, I'm always like checking and double checking and triple checking things because I don't want to forget it. But I'm like, I never forget. If I put it in my calendar right away, I'm like, I'm not forgetting. And it's not because I'm reminding myself a hundred times. I'm just not forgetting because I wrote it down already. Yeah. Yeah. It's waiting for you. I like that though. But it's there. And I find sometimes the creative process, it then opens up like 
my mind's eye for those kind of, you know, you have thoughts that pop into your head. Mm-hmm. They do. And you, like, that's where I quickly put it. Like I jot it down or it's like, I, I don't know. I feel like it starts to warm my brain up for like game day. It's like, oh, I know I'm going to yeah. do a writing session here. I know it's happening. So maybe if I like have a great conversation with a friend and, it, and an anecdote kind of presents itself, it's like, oh, I'm going to quickly like bookmark that. And then know it's ready to get to when I'm, like, really going to get into a writing session. It's just my style. I don't know. Sometimes it's a bit over the top. I know the other girls in Brat Pack, they're like, yes, Cynthia, your calendar. But it's, like, it's how we get lots done. I like it. I like the scheduling of the downtime. I I can do – I can accomplish things in the day. If I have a to-do list, I can get the whole list done. Hell yes. But I have a hard time with the order of things unless it's, like, for example, today we had a scheduled time – Oh, I kept moving it on you. I was the worst. I was like, can we do it this time? No, I had to. No, it totally worked out because look at this. We're having this beautiful Thursday together. We're having a great time. (laughs) I love it. I love it. It it worked out better this way too because um, I got a lot done this morning. So I'm here in a good mood. See? You know, when you just, this is it, my list. So this is what I'm saying. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. I have no rhyme or reason to it. I'll wake up at 6 a.m. and just start blasting off emails like a maniac. I love you. And then I'm like... I need, oh my God, I'm that morning texter come 7 a.m. First of all, in my head, it's always 8 or 9 because I'm yeah. like, the day has escaped me. <laughs> I'm texting people at 7. They're like, I'm not awake. Stop texting me. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you are correct. That yes. was not okay of me. Yes. yes. But I, putting a time on something is, I, I, you know, it'll make me feel bad if I can't accomplish it. But damn, does it make you feel good when you can? When you can stick with the time, show up on time, stay the allotted oh, amount of and time. Alana, and Alana, let me let me feel make you feel better. Things move as the day goes along. Like I'll see Love my this. my upcoming do this now, and I'm like, no, I want a nap. And then I just Love move this. it down. Or even sometimes I will retroactively rejig the calendar of what I actually did and that's what feels like journaling to me because then I get to look at kind of the productivity of my week (laughs) so I see how many blocks were like actually like work it's working for yourself that's been a shift that's new for me so I'm like this calendar is somehow my like boss (laughs) like it's me like staying accountable I don't know your schedule is all over the place now when you have your corporate job that you said was pretty much like a nine to five you knew where you were going to be you don't have to write down every day go to work yes you knew I was just there if here you're in London all Mm -hmm. of a sudden in the beginning Mm -hmm. of the year you're going to be going back you're doing a million and one things Mm -hmm. it's like you have to be good at that because when you don't show up to somewhere you don't get paid amen (laughs) and then you don't get hired again right it's like can't mess around with stuff like that yeah yeah yeah. it's the call isn't it it's always the second opportunity i love like the one opportunity but when you get asked back it's like oh yeah i did a good job oh my god because you're like i did good yes this is the whole thing of we were saying with creating with your friends and stuff maybe those friends go off and do other projects or get hired in other places and then when they reach out to you or you did something in a director two years later or a booker is like oh hey do you want to come back Mm -hmm. you're like i made an impression like talk about a self-esteem boost oh i know i love i love when people you know it it's the fruits of your labor right like certain things they bloom in different seasons and they can go full years where it's like you never knew that that connection still kind of working for your behalf somewhere off to the kind of sideline yeah and it's kind of like it gives you this um fuck you everyone moment not really listen that's not the mentality i have but let me just explain (laughs) no no let me just the nar let me just explain It's kind of like when something pays off, like mm-hmm. for example, people I used to do live shows with now hiring me for other gigs, it makes me be like, fuck off everyone. I was right. Mm. I knew it. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yep. I'm not saying people hate on me, but there's people that are competitive, people that doubt, yeah. people maybe keeping it to themselves and whatever. And you want to be like, I was right. Mm-hmm. All those years ago when I was doing these stupid ass shows that nobody thought anything of, mm-hmm. and I was like, put my hard into it and really tried to do a good job yeah. i was right oh for sure what a feeling oh, I know. oh my god what a feeling oh as a little queer kid from like a small town in ontario i took i was right to the bank like i literally oh, yeah you did that was my like missionado in life for like 
the longest time was that I was right. Yeah. So I, I have dipped into that motivation. The I, the mm-hmm. I told you so's. It's, yeah. it can be empowering because it's self-love, you know? There's ways to, there's ways to yeah. spin that where it can be less about, you know, boo you, but more go me. You know, I think there's that, yeah. that balance. Cause I've, I've learned with age to not always let it be pushing anyone down but kind of proving your spot at the table. It's like, no, I, I do deserve to be here. You do too, mm. but I do. You know, this for the following reasons. Let me let me explain that. There's room for all of us and we'll all get there at mm-hmm. different times in different ways. That's So it's like a version, even if you're like, you set out to do something in the entertainment industry and then you end up leaving it, it's mm. like, but then you could stumble into this other thing that yeah. ends up be, you're like, oh, this is what happiness is. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> Turns out having this nice house and yeah. a paycheck and money is makes me really happy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the danger of people pleasing, you know? right? You Your goalpost is always moving and it's not genuine to you. So that's mm-hmm. been a huge wake up call where it's like, okay, enough of what everyone wants. What do you want? Because you have to yeah. live with yourself. Like that, like whatever you're signing up for is like, you want to do that, right? Like, that's a really important thing to continually ask yourself because you know you can get stuck on these trajectories that otherwise you know you have that's what like a midlife crisis is right someone wakes up and they're like what am i where am i how am i you know my father he like came out of the closet at the age of like 40 like my dad and myself came out of the closet at like the same time because of like us, us just having you know the same kind of awakening his just was so much later and i can only imagine almost that like profound sense of lost time where you're like, I've, I've let so much of my life go by as, you know, pretending I'm a straight, you know, cis male, but he's, he's queer. And so I always look at my dad as like a reminder of just making sure to be like in tune with yourself and that that is appropriate, whatever it looks like. I feel like the discoveries that I've made in my life, um, Sometimes I'd get frustrated at the timing because mm-hmm. like you said, mourning that what could be perceived as lost time. But then I just try to tell myself, you know, maybe I couldn't have handled it then. Maybe I Completely. thought I could, yeah. but maybe the universe, like me not getting jobs, say big jobs or something like that, that I came close to. And then I'm like, well, what if I did get it? And then I was so caught up in this illness or caught up in this negative state of mind that I then publicly embarrass myself at the job and fuck it up big time. Right. Like, exactly. Right. Yeah. That is such a cool story about now you, about your dad. You said your dad was 40. May I ask how old you were? Yeah. Like, um, these are rough estimates. Like I was around 16 and he was in his like okay. early, his early forties. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cause okay. I was, wow. I went to like an arts high school that was very accepting. I mentioned I'm small from a smaller town. Um, mm-hmm. but this arts high school was like, my island my little saving grace and it was this safe high school experience that more and more is a um, is common you know for younger generations but you know like 10 15 years ago you can't guarantee that every you know queer child feels seen and safe in their high school experience so i still feel very i feel very beneficial that um this arts program this this high school really fostered um this sensitive little you know queerdo weirdo and I got to really find kind of my artistic voice and that helped me set myself up for uh, future success kind of brave the world outside of that as I as I kind of became older but yeah the experience of coming out at the same time as my dad it was complex and complicated because I look at an adult in my life kind of not understanding his relationship with shame about his queer identity because it can sometimes, if not spoken, I interpret it as like, oh, is there something shameful about being queer? Like being gay? Like what's so wrong about this? Um, He had divorced my mother like years and years prior, like a good chunk of time. And then later he kind of had this self-discovery. It wasn't all kind of tied up with the divorce itself. So there's just some, some unspoken messaging at the time that I was like, but I don't agree with that. And then you know, he had his thoughts about how I was living my life and my identity. And so there was just clash of, clash of uh, opinions. Yeah, I can imagine. It seems like he probably did not have the same high school experience as no. you. No. So sure it was a very different... I like that you bring yeah. that up. Because me mentioning, you know, context is everything. The time he grew up, like, it was a very, very different time to be, to be yes. gay. And it was more dangerous. It was more, you know... 
it was obviously like tied up with like the HIV crisis. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden you have an actual like illness, a, like a like a, a real risk, a factor out there that I think he just, it terrified him. And he kind of, he lived in his little like Catholic bubble for a long time. Yeah. And I got wow. to be, I got to be his like ambassador, kind of the person who get, gets to kind of walk a little braver and get him out of that mindset. So I'm, I'm proud of that. None of my parents have come out. I'm sick of this. Ah, exactly. Who's gay? <laughs> Who's gay? Working. Yeah. One of you better say something. Yeah. And now <laughs> at Thanksgiving, you and guys are anyone, embarrassing me. Yeah. yeah. If <laughs> anyone would like, like to an come, asshole. come out of the closet, uh, pass the turkey. I shouldn't be hosting this podcast. I've got nothing. What with these boring ass parents of mine? I'm so sorry. I apologize. <laughs> oh my god! Don't no you right. apologize? Oh no 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 no! It's, it's... No no no! My my mom has uh, my mom has a lot of interesting uh, stories she brought to the table that I feel like really created some conflict. Oh my god! Some yes. c- complications. Well, are you similar to your the... mother in any way? Like e- yes. Yeah. Oh no no no! Exactly yeah. similar to. Her. So that's the complication of it. Yeah. The resistance to totally. that. Totally. Um, and then, but later in life when I realized those similarities and obviously it's a different situation with your dad but realizing common things you might have in common that you totally. didn't quite know you're like it's exactly what you said where I was able to go back and be like oh when you were doing this or being this it was because yeah. you had experienced this yeah. and I had a much more privilege like my mom is from Syria. So she oh, grew wow. up very different than yes. I did. Oh, of so course. we had very different experiences. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so when she was so strict and stuff, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? And would lie and this and that. And then I'm like, oh, Alana, mm-hmm. like I went to Syria and met all the rest of her family and everything and saw where she grew up. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is why. Yeah. It's a different place. Completely. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> Completely. Yeah. It's yeah. wild. And I think like at certain points, like, it's natural when you're similar to a parent. In my experience, mm-hmm. there was a bit of enmeshment happening, like at certain points okay. where your parents really see you as an extension of them. And it's it, it was a moment where it's like, albeit our sexual identity, our orientation is aligned, we are two separate people and that is okay. When I yes. do certain things, it's not a reflection of you. I grew up with yes. lots of teachers. And so I think sometimes um, teachers in small communities can fall prey to almost like um school schoolyard dynamics like i find teachers are very self-conscious amongst each other like yeah they can get my parents were teachers see okay we're the same we're the same person (laughs) we're the same we were the middle like we really are because everything you're saying i'm like oh no it was nothing but drama they might as well have been the students it was so much i think sometimes they they can fall um to that habit and so Mm -hmm. You know, that's where that's where a lot of the friction lied. And so me moving to the West Coast, it was like a, a real empowering moment because I kind of got to claim a whole side of the country, a whole time zone that's like yeah. mine. And I, I'm sorry, I thrived. Like that's where oh my God, that's why I was moved born. Here. Like literally, yeah. You, yeah, we are the same person. <laughs> so you get it. <laughs> I will also change my name to Cynthia with an S. Yeah. Everyone's like, what's the meaning behind this? Well, I one time met somebody and I thought, you know what? I'm taking this. Yeah. It's mine now. <laughs> Within yeah. the hour, I changed yeah. my name. <laughs> They're like, I think that's identity theft. <laughs> I don't think that's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, this is okay. This uh, we're reaching the end. Uh, I hate it. It's like I schedule the podcast, but then I get upset when it's over. But then I have to remind Aww. myself what my attention span is. And oh that's God, what I present the podcast to. I'm I like, I'm not making you sit. Yeah, I, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's good. It's a good length. That's for a the most you're going to get out of me. That's Absolutely. the most you're going to get out of me. Yeah. Other than when that, it's like show, verbal diarrhea. I mean, when yeah. a TV show was, starts doing these 90-minute episodes, it's like full movies. You're like, I, I didn't agree to this. I gave you a maximum one hour if you're a drama. Yeah. Max. Max. 57 minutes. Be respectful, please. Yeah. So I can go on TikTok for four and a half hours. <laughs> I'm, again, just so busy. <laughs> I am so busy <laughs> swiping TikTok. Let me live my life. Now, Cynthia, you came in this podcast out of uh, crispy, I believe, 7.5. Yeah. Crispy, was it? Crisp. Yeah, I just it was crisp. crisp. I don't know why. Crisp. I, I, <laughs> why I did I my, say crispy? My, my analogy there was like, it's like a clean 7.5 because I was playing with decimals in my head and I was like, no, it's 7.5. <laughs> 
And then I made it crispy. I went, ooh, delicious on this number. <laughs> that makes me want bacon. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I gave you the bacon score. Uh, you said you were an open book. We've opened you up quite yeah. a bit. You have shared fabulous things with me. I, and I feel like I've learned about a whole new world absolutely. and somebody's journey in it. Yeah. I love it. I yeah, absolutely love it. Uh, how are you feeling now? Does it affect you to share things? Do you f- sometimes question the things you've said or are you somebody no, like you've made I put me, it out there and that's you've made the end me of smile. it. You've made me laugh a lot. I love how many commonalities we have. I feel like that bumped me up to an eight. I love fe- I love finding common ground. I feel like me too. The middle the middle child factor that was a ding, and then the teaching, the experience as a having teachers for That's parents. That's a big one. It's hard yeah. because sometimes you don't want to you don't want to like smear campaign teachers because they're like Mm-mm. teaching the future, and there's there's a lot of um, sainthood kind of around it. But my experience, it had complications, so I do like to talk about it a little bit. So I love that. That's my your experience. Ex- yeah, too. I had a it was um. I was just getting caught up in things that I did not need to be caught up in. Yeah. <laughs> That's my, yeah. that was my teacher's, and a lot of eyes on me around the town. I also grew up in a small town, and mm-hmm. it was really the teacher spying on me to report back to my mom. And I was like, this is not okay, because they yeah. all talk. Absolutely. Not okay. No, absolutely. <laughs> they all talk. And funny, and I know we're like, we're rapping soon, Alana, but it's this weird sense of celebrity that like when I was a kid, and like your, like teachers are kind of in this weird micro environment as a child they're kind of celebrity like and so that all eyes on you factor I've always kind of for better or worse dealt with that equation Mm -hmm. like in my life so it's like as becoming like a public figure and like public facing like to me I'm like I, there's there's something there. There's there's some reason I was drawn to it. It's like whether I've, I've been in the limelight since day one as the like shit if, disturber of yeah. Orangeville, Ontario. Hello, like that's <laughs> just it. Yeah. What I've else is new? It. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's nothing else new. Yeah. You and I were born here, and we'll be here, and we'll stay here. Thank you so much. Hell yes. <laughs> Cynthia, before we go, tell us about the podcast. Tell oh us God, everything. Yes. Well, so yes, sister. Let's get the full description. If you love my voice, you can hear it every week on Semi-Qualified Queens with myself, Cynthia Kiss, and my drag sister, Juicebox. We were both on Canada's Drag Race. I was on the second season, Juice was on the first, and we do Drag Race Recap, all things drag. We get some drag alumni guests. We do interviews. Uh, we cover it all, and it's a good time. I feel like it's my catch-up with Juice, what we do throughout our week. Sometimes we're, we're touring, we're on the road, we take our mics and we keep recording and yeah it's so exciting to join to join the sonar network i'm like yes i'm honored it's been a year and i feel like this was a the perfect chance to kind of bring new life into the podcast by joining mm-hmm. a network and juice is actually going to be i think we record next week yes um so juice will also be on the show which is fantastic and i'm excited to hear another side of the experience she's so cool she's she's amazing i love juice she's very funny and like i find our our skills that complement each other and we didn't know each other very well before the podcast Mm -hmm. which was kind of the best way to do a podcast with someone because i feel like we surprise each other all the time and we just come with like our two networks as far as like canadian drag and it's quite expansive and our, our audience yeah. is growing. So check it out if you if you want to yeah, keep hearing me talk. <laughs> oh my God, I insist everybody checks it out. It sounds yes. awesome. And it's also like, you know, it's you're bringing a voice to like something that people really love, a show that everybody loves and your personal experience and then opening mm-hmm. up, a, you know, the rest of the world of it that maybe not everybody knows. Oh, so completely. it's like, I think I it's, always say it's, it feels you know? like uh, it feels like two drag queens talking backstage at a show. Because it's very conversational. It has lots of yes. tangents. And the drag race is kind of our excuse to get together. So we recap mm-hmm. the show. So you'll know what we're talking about if you also watch Drag Race. But then you get to, you know, find out all our little tidbits and tangents. You know, that's what's going to keep the listeners coming. It's like we, yes, everybody loves to hear the guests and hear new people and new experiences and stuff like that. But it's like they're, you're building that audience they're coming for you too oh absolutely and, um, that's just so great that you two are having such a good time together doing it because why not what's to not have a good time about I'm having a blast right now we're Sonar Sisters <laughs> now we're Sonar Sisters the Nar Cynthia the Nar <laughs> what an absolute treat and 
I can't wait until I can come to a show and I can see you in person one day because listen, I'm bopping all over the town. So and I might be, show up. And I'll be in LA for DragCon LA in mid-May. So we're probably gonna have some shows around then. Oh my God, I'll be there. You have, but give me notice so I can get tickets because I know this stuff really is huge here and definitely sells out. But like, please, I would love to come. Okay, amazing. We're ironing out details right now, but you'll be the, you'll be in the tip top of my list. Oh my God, I insist. You know what? BCC me on those irons. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Let me sort this <laughs> out for you. Hi, just jumping in here. <laughs> Cynthia, this was a treat. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to meet you in person. Oh, thanks, Alana. Be well. <laughs> Bye. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself.